0: Bonjour, good morning. Um, I'd like to uh, talk a little bit about practice this morning before we do a guided uh, meditation. Um, So in... um, in Buddhism, there's, uh, we talk about three uh, modes of understanding. So that's kind of the aim uh, of being here, partly, no? is to understand better what is going on inside of us, what it is to be a human being. So three modes of understanding. One mode would be uh, receiving information. This is something that is very valued in, in our society. Loads of information is available. So that's one way to understand things. A little bit of a deeper mode of understanding would be reflection. Reflecting, thinking about something, contemplating something. Uh, uh, so a little bit of a deeper mode. And even deeper is what we would call meditation. So a direct uh, experience of something that is happening a direct experience with um, some uh, attention some kind of presence that is of uh, a bit of a we could say a higher quality presence than usual uh, so that's basically what is meditation is um is uh, a being there what we call mindfulness mindfulness a present moment awareness that is not a habitual kind of uh awareness or attention our habitual way of attending to things is we attend a little bit i'm thinking about uh, last week and oh no i should be here they say to be here with the breath and i check in the breath for a few seconds and then whoops i'm off somewhere else and oh you know and and it can uh, often our attention is like this or we for example think Take a Think of, uh, if you do a little bit like me often, when you take your shower, you have just enough attention to actually kind of complete the task. <laughs> you know, not like, oh, I really feel, you know, it's really like, ah, and some, sometimes we actually wake up when the water turns really cold or really hot, suddenly like we're really there, you know. Do you see this a little bit? So that's the kind of attention we want to develop. Not, uh, is not is a, a higher quality. It doesn't have to be. It's, it shouldn't be related to fear, like oh, it just turned really cold or really hot. But a kind of like really being present for what is happening, uh, uh, with more depth maybe. This kind of um, attention it's going to take a little time to develop. It's not something we can only will. Okay, let me be like really like deeply attentive now, you know. Now, because if I've trained for years to have an attention that is, um, well we could maybe say superficial, then it's probably going to be like this for a few more minutes this morning, <laughs> you know. It's going to take a little training for it to uh, land, to become maybe a little bit more refined, Yeah. So that's kind of the area we're going to be uh, exploring, how to cultivate a certain kind of attention that I like to think of as extraordinary, not extraordinary, but just a little bit extra ordinary attention. Yeah? It has, maybe one way to describe it, would have uh, would, uh, one way could be to say that it's a generous attention. It's an attention that is <coughs> really fully given to something like mindfulness, or presence of mind, or some, something of that. And so in a way, it's also very, very, very simple. This mindfulness is often described as a present moment, uh, non-judgmental awareness. So that's another little quality that I'd like to name this morning. And then after we'll, ex- this is information, by the way, you know, and then we'll get into the experiencing it for ourselves. So non-judgmental attention, that's a kind of a key point here, and we'll probably talk about this again and again. Often when I'm attentive, I'm attentive because I want something more, or I don't want this and I want to get rid of it. The mindfulness, the attention that we want to invite more and more in the practice is an attention that is open. It just, it's curious. It just wants to know what is actually happening. It's not, it doesn't want to improve the breathing. It doesn't want to feel otherwise. If the mind is scattered, it's discovering a scattered mind. If the heart is light, it's discovering A light-heartedness. If the heart is heavy, like maybe some of us here might have a heavy heart for a reason or another, then it will just sit with this and discover, oh, a heavy heart is like this. Oh, a a, a very comfortable, aligned, centered body feels like this, you know, light, you know. And for a few of us, Maybe it won't feel so centered in a line and light. Maybe it feel a little bit more like rickety, or what would be the words? <laughs> <laughs> for the, but, you know, like, I'm, I sit here, and I would love to feel like all oh, like this, and I'm like, oh, it's... A... You know, and oh, my mindfulness then just discovers this. Oh, this is what it is to have a body like this right now. Not, I'm, I'm noting it to improve it, I want to have a body that is light and la la la. No, this attention is very particular. It might seem to you very passive, but that's maybe what we're going to discover or uh, uh, discover again this weekend is that it's actually very, very powerful. This is uh, where transformation can happen. So it has a kind of acceptance huh, to it. We sit there and we discover what is happening just as it's happening. Sometimes pleasant, sometimes unpleasant, sometimes nor pleasant nor unpleasant, just like this, yeah? That's already a, a lot of things maybe, but I want to add another one. It's a kind of um, another way of, we could say, a right understanding of what we're about to do this weekend. Mm. And something that I really love about this practice, we might think, oh, I'm going on a silent uh, meditation weekend. I'm going to discover a lot of things about myself and I'm going to work maybe on myself. But there's a different understanding that we could bring this morning and keep maybe for the weekend or remember again and again is that what is going to happen this weekend is also very much not personal in the way that we're discovering human nature. So everything that you're going to feel, be it physical or mental, emotional, in a way you could take it as not so personal. You're discovering what it is to be a human being. I like that. It gets me out of me. I feel like this. It's me. I'm always anxious or I'm always busy planify, pl- planning. Or It's not like this. It's, oh, minds, human beings do that. They tend to plan Oh, human beings do this, they, they tend to rehash the past. Oh, human beings do this, this. They, they breathe uh, shallowly or f- quickly. Do you see a little bit what I'm suggesting here? So we're going towards something universal. This is what we're going to find out the more and more we practice. But we can bring it from the get-go. Just sit here thinking, okay, it's not about me being a bad meditator, or a good meditator, or it's about the mind being scattered. Sometimes this mind is scattered, sometimes it's that one over there. There's nothing personal about it, yet it's also personal. I allow you to make this if you want a little bit, but the kind of um, beautiful way to understand this practice is we're discovering human nature. An attitude that will be helpful, I think we named yesterday, is a kind, relaxed attitude. That's going to be one of the main ingredients, the mindfulness, the presence of mind, this quality attention, with relaxation, with goodwill, with friendliness. And often, because of the way it looks actually, I think sometimes, We might become a little rigid and harsh with ourselves because I'm meditating now, you know. No, not good. You can drop this. If it comes back, say, no, thank you, love. Good idea, you know, nice suggestion, but this is not how we're going to do this this weekend. We're going to be really careful. We're going to bring care. This is the way to talk about meditation, being careful about what's happening, but in a friendly way, in a benevolent way. And so it's good to name it, because it might invite it just by naming it, but we might have to remind uh, uh, remind ourselves of this a number of times, and we will also. So a right understanding is that what we're doing is discovering human nature, nothing personal. A right attitude is an attitude of friendliness, a friendly mind, as much as possible. Yeah? And then the task, is very simple. Trying to be there for something that is happening right now, without judging it, just by wanting to discover it. Knowing that it's going to take a little time maybe to refine the attention. Yes? Shall we try? Okay. so maybe a few words on posture and then we'll dive in the meditation. Sitting on a, a chair or cushion is a really good choice. There's not one that is better than the other. It really depends on wh- uh, how your body uh, feels right now, what feels right to you. And during the weekend you might alternate, uh, especially if you're on the floor because it might... Uh, become difficult for you. For many of us, it's not in our culture to be sitting on the floor with cross-legged, you know. Uh, So you might want to adjust if you feel the need to uh, switch to a chair. Maybe I would ask you, because of the number of people here, to not claim both a cushion and a chair with personal stuff on them. Maybe claim one as your main little raft for awakening. And then you could switch to another one once in a while, but don't claim two, please. Um, And generally, I would say, the posture has to reflect the same thing that the mind will be doing. So the mind is going to be, we will want the mind to be awake, present. So the body has to have some kind of energy like this, awakeness to it, and also relaxation so that's the main thing and so we want to find a certain uprightness and often when we're upright it turns out that there's a slight little arch uh, in the lower back here you don't want the arch to be like this because that's going to be hard on you so if you're on a cushion or on a chair it's the same thing you can play with the opening here so bring the pubic bone here lower like this so when i sit i that's always something i do at the beginning i often do something like this to find the right aperture if i can say if that even exists in english this word (laughs) so you can play with this like this and find what works for you and there's something natural that might work another thing is the the idea of a tripod when we sit on a chair like anushka she has her two feet and her bum creating a triangle and for me it's my two knees here and my uh, bum on the, on the cushion. Playing with the height of the cushion might help you. Often the cushions are low and so we tend to end up a little bit like this. So coming to the first third of the cushion if you're on the floor and making a tilt like this with, will help. And you might have to use something to jack yourself up a bit to the extent that is necessary, maybe to help your knees come down. So I might start sitting like this. If you don't see, you could even stand up to, to look. I might stand, sit, start sitting like this. And as I tilt, whoops, it comes down. And as I go up, whoops, it comes down. And then I can be supported. You might also end up taking something like a blanket in the back or a cushion and helping... Find support if one of your knees is up in the air. And for the posture, you're probably going to have to do trial and error to find what works for you. Another way to sit is with the bench. And I think we have a few here, but I'll demonstrate with the cushion. So I would just put the cushion or the bench like this and sit like that. And again, I have one, two, three points. And then I can play like this and find what works for me, yeah. And then my hands can fall wherever they fall naturally. And you might think of a... as if you, were, you had the connection with the sky through a thread in the back of your head. And let this thread pull you gently up. Your, your chin might come a little bit in don't be rigid about it or forceful you know as we sit you might discover as your mind quiets down and you become more and more attentive and sensitive you might feel really like the um, force of gravity how helpful it is it really keeps us here you know grounded like that and you can trust that but like a flower there's also maybe another energy that you'll find it's a little bit more subtle but what makes the flower uh, stand straight like this you know in many flowers there's it's just air that is in the core of the stem you know and so it's there's something a little like this that you can recognize some as dignity to it and you can maybe feel that your eyes can be open or closed as you see fit in this tradition often we in invite people to close the eyes but you do uh, as you like. If your eyes are open, you would just maybe let the gaze drop a few feet in front of you and relax like this. So that's the posture. Mm. What we want to do when we start meditating, like in a couple of minutes here, is to avoid fidgeting. So kind of commit. To the sitting say okay I'm gonna sit here and really feel what it feels and it might be a little uncomfortable but try to avoid readjusting all the time it's not easy having a body if we stop moving for a little while becomes really obvious (laughs) yeah so uh, see if you can allow a little discomfort to be there if it's like that and if it becomes too intense or if you are falling asleep you could fall on the people in front of you then one thing you could do is to just stand up for a little while so you would just stand up like this and continue being present yeah so if it's too intense physically you could do this okay let's try it maybe we'll talk more about it So find a posture that you think will work for you for the next uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so. take a moment to feel just the body sitting, the posture itself. Oh, sitting. It feels like this. Discover sitting, as if you had never sat before. Maybe you could bring your attention to the lower part of the body. Whatever is uh, tangible that you can touch with your attention, awareness. Maybe just the touch points with the ground, the cushion, where the skin touches the floor, the cushion. Feel your hands resting wherever they rest right now. Maybe you can discover some aliveness in there, tingling or heat radiating, touch. you see nothing to improve, nothing to change, just receptivity, availability, discovering the hands. Maybe now discovering the belly. as it might be rising and falling naturally. See if the encounter with the belly can be uh, done with friendliness. With an open mind, in a way. You can reassure the mind that it's okay to do this, okay to fill the chest now, that you're doing fine. So maybe you discover what is there in the chest area, maybe just space or nothing, or tightness. Mm. Or you might feel the passage of the air there, the air. the touch of uh, the cloth on the skin, in the chest area, whatever you can notice. And let the attention now discover the arms and shoulders. the boniness, or the tingling, or whatever is there, even nothing is something. nothing to fix or improve, no project here. Just discovering, maybe, the face now. What does it feel like to have a face? might be alive there. You might feel some little tensions or movements, or again, heat, or tingling. Anything happening around the eyes or lips. Let's open to the universe of sound, if you want, hearing. You might just feel the space through your hearing or hear vibrations or want, you could come back to the belly rising and falling, letting the attention rest there. Let your attention embrace the movements of the belly. Being swayed by it, it. bringing care to this phenomena, just as it is. as if you had never breathed before. What is an in-breath? Take time to discover that. Is an out breath in the belly. How does that play out? you might discover that we can never really hold, or own, or catch an out-breath or an in-breath always escaping, disappearing. Notice the quality of your mind right now. Is it gathered or scattered? Open or tight? Light or heavy? Caught in something? No judgment, just factual. This mind is scattered. Agitated or quite calm and curious. Is it friendly? And then return to your connection with the breath, at the belly or in a general way or at the nostrils. Or if you want, you could anchor your attention in hearing Let this be your main field of attention, of exploration. to help you stay connected with the breathing, you could take this mental note, very slight, little note in the mind, in, out, arising and falling to allow you to feel it even more. Just if you want, Again, notice the quality of the mind that is meditating. Is it lust, or present, interested, or disinterested, maybe? Bored, confused, or calm? So many possibilities. We just want to be aware of the impatience. the spacious mind, however it's uh, manifesting right now, and then let yourself hear the gong Thank you for your practice. got very quiet in here. So as we were uh, just hearing the bell now, I was reminded of this not personal nature of what's happening. Hearing is happening. In a way, there's nothing personal about it. You might say, but I'm the one hearing. Yeah. But the process itself, you know, you have a sound, you have a healthy ear and hearing consciousness and hearing happens. There's something very simple about it. Oh, there's nothing personal about it here is. Sometimes there's something else that is very unpersonal. We take very personal. The mind is scattered. I'm scattered. Like, oh, this mind is scattered right now. Or, oh, sometimes it gets concentrated and uh, very on, you know. Then we could take this personal too. Oh. I'm the best meditator in the room right now, you know. There's nothing personal about it, it's just the conditions are good in this way, you know. So that's a lot of the practice we do is seen, understood in this way. Oh, look at that. It's obsessed, the mind is obsessed. It keeps going back to the same story, the same thing, you know, that is unresolved. It's obsessed right now. It's not I'm obsessed. There's obsession in the mind right now. When I say that, I want to bring a little layer of kindness, of, uh, you know, not being harsh with oneself and judgmental. Okay, Anushka is going to talk about um, walking meditation, but I have a few little announcements before we do that. If you haven't um, finished uh, filling your form, registration form and stuff, right after the sitting, uh, go to the office they'll help you finish that finish that process um, um, uh, in the during the weekend we will all find ourselves uh, in a little group of maybe 14 or so people for a, a smaller group of a uh, Q&A um, uh, with one of the uh, uh, of the two of us so it's important that you check the board to see when is your group There's one there's going to be two groups today and maybe four tomorrow and you don't have to come and you don't feel like it but it could be it's just changing the format a bit and we can meet and exchange on practice it can be interesting to hear other questions or have your own uh, being answered or confused by the, <laughs> the answer of the teacher we'll see what happens um and uh, also i was wondering if uh, there was a other people want to use the opportunity of and brought their cell phone or a device to put in the basket that would be like uh, the ritualized time to do this now you would with great dignity raise and walk courageously in front and experience renunciation and letting go Sometimes we take bet, you know, th- how many people will do that. And it always depends on how we present it also. Like if, <laughs> so I don't see much movement <laughs> this morning. That's got to be the great failure of the, <laughs> the last three years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, it's good because now we had that talk and we know how fragile it is. Um, and how we have to take care of this part of the retreat, the renunciation. There. Good. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you.
1: Also, if uh, <clears throat> you felt you didn't want to do a public march here to do this, you can also go to the office later and turn it in if you want to. So you notice, on the schedule is basically alternating between. sitting and walking practice and uh, some eating in between there. And the walking practice is equally important for the uh, retreat. Sometimes people think it's not because you see a lot of statues of Buddha sitting here and you don't see statues of mid-step, you know, (laughs) walking. Um, Although there is actually some period of Buddhist art, in which there were a lot of <coughs> walking meditation statues also. We just don't have them here uh, at IMS. But we should get some, I think. So it's, it's a great opportunity to practice uh, embodiment, basically, this walking meditation practice. It also is really helpful practice um, that will <coughs> transfer easily to your regular life. Because even <coughs> in your regular life, if you don't have as much Uh, time when you do formal sitting meditation, you probably walk a lot in your regular life. Even short distances to your car or to the subway or even within your home or office. And all of these are opportunities to actually practice uh, mindfulness, practice connection, embodiment, to be training the heart and mind. So I encourage you to really uh, engage with the walking practice, both for the benefit for the retreat, but also because it's a really uh, good one for your regular daily life, too. So we do the walking meditation in a form that directs the attention to the experience of the body in motion. And that's the primary object of attention during the practice. So in some ways, it's extremely simple, as is the sitting meditation, but then not necessarily uh, easy. And we can often see the amount of time that we spend not actually present, not actually uh, embodied. So we'll uh, we'll begin, we're gonna do a little demo here. So part of this demo is, uh, we'll include you standing up. So I'm gonna ask you to do that, but as you're doing that, actually feel what it feels like in your body as you're shifting your posture, yeah? So notice what it feels like as you're beginning to stand, the energy is gathering as you shift to one foot or both feet, as you move to the upright position. And you can just notice how that is right now. So as you're standing, you could feel the alignment of the body, and you could notice what it feels like in your contact with the floor, the ground, cushion. And this is like feeling it from the inside, so dropping the attention, the mindfulness, into the body, into the legs, into the feet. And noticing whatever you notice there. Maybe there's different amounts of pressure on the left and the right. Maybe even though you're standing still there's not actually complete stillness and the body is alive and there's a shifting of weight a little bit balancing happening naturally you might feel where the muscles are tense or relaxed and you could even notice where's the weight on the feet if it's in the front or the right or the left side Some of us have a tendency to lean towards the inside or the outside of the feet. So just noticing how it is. And the simplicity of this is just noticing all of the different sensations. So pressure, how much pressure there is, the temperature, maybe it's cooler on the top of the foot than the bottom, if there's any tingling, vibration... Everything is okay, just to know that directly, simply. So then we're gonna take uh, one slow step forward, but we're gonna do it in extreme slow motion to just connect with the whole experience of taking a step. So first part of taking a step is shifting your weight to one side. So let's say we'll shift our weight to the right side first. And notice how it feels now to have weight on more one foot than the other. Then we can lift up the foot, move it forward, and place it on the ground. And then notice what's that like now. And then shifting the weight towards that, feeling the weight transfer, how that is, how that affects everything, legs, feet. The other one naturally comes up, and then again, we'll lift, move, place, and actually come to standing, so bring it to the same place as the other one, so I can feel the body again as you're standing, and then we'll take one step backwards. So this time we'll shift to the left side first. Notice what it feels like as you lift the foot up, move it back, place it on the ground. (coughs) Shifting the weight. And then lifting the other one and coming back to standing. You can notice if there's any different kind of energy in the body from even just having taken the one one step forward and back and, and I'll invite you to sit again so you can do this also with some awareness as you shift back to sitting noticing what it feels like as you're folding back in the posture <clears throat> So usually when we do the um, walking practice in this tradition, we actually choose a walking path and walk back and forth on it. Uh, And there's many different places you could do that. There's uh, outside here this walking meditation room. And then now in the different dorms, there's also walking meditation rooms. Also nice, you could do it outside. Uh, And basically you'll choose some path that's maybe 10 to 20 paces long, 10 to 15, let's say. And uh, <clears throat> I'll now attempt to demonstrate this, if I have enough cord here. So you begin the beginning of your path and you decide you know, where the end of it is. Can I eyeball that? And then you can allow the attention to just drop into the body, so kind of ground yourself in that. Uh, and sometimes we think of our attention or awareness as living in the head, sort of conceptually. So then it's sort of like, oh, here's me and there's my feet all the way down there, right? But it's not actually true. You know, it's just an idea of it. But you could play with this idea of it by imagining like your awareness is in some elevator or something and like, so sink it down, you know, connect to the belly maybe or even the legs and feet. So it begins with awareness, well grounded in the body, you know, particularly the lower part of the body, right? Then it seems like if you will come up to daydream, it has to take the long trip back or something. You can play with that if you want to. So just center yourself like this. And then we'll just start to walk. And um, you can walk at whatever pace helps you to stay present. So sometimes, if you're feeling a bit sleepy, you might want to walk faster. That's fine. Uh, sometimes, as you go along, it becomes interesting to walk much slower. And that's also good. Uh, also, during the walking period, you might vary your pace. So maybe you'll start out a little faster and then slow it down, about a third of the way through, slow it down again, something. So you could also play with that. <clears throat> you don't need to walk at the same speed as the people around you, although you can notice if you feel some unspoken peer pressure to do that or something. <laughs> and as we were saying with the seated meditation, um, sometimes it can help to use this uh, mental noting technique So just as with the breath, you might note breathing in, breathing out, or rising, falling. With walking, you could notice lightly labeling in your mind, like uh, stepping, 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 or lifting, moving, placing, something like that. And as you do that still, 98% of the energy really is on the direct experience of walking. You know, just a little bit on uh, framing, sort of labeling, kind of subtitling what is uh, happening, what you're aware of. Right? So this is helpful also because then sometimes you can notice if you start to drift in your attention, uh, it becomes a bit more clear that that's happening. So it's not like a command. You're not kind of telling yourself to march. Um, but it's helping you to direct the attention and to be uh, present with what's happening. So I might start <coughs> standing. You can feel the pressure on both the feet, the legs. And then in the beginning I walk, stepping Stepping, stepping, stepping. And I'm just feeling what's going on in the legs and the feet here. And then when I come to the end, I'll stand for a moment. So that helps to have an ending because then if you were kind of gone for a long time, come back and then I'll turn around. And the turning is an interesting point too to notice. Sometimes you like lose attention on the turning. Thing. And then we'll go back again. And you could go back at the same speed or this time I'll do it a little bit slower just to show what that look might look like. So it could be lifting, moving, placing, lifting, moving, placing. And you don't have to use the noting, so you could actually just do it and just feeling what it's like. And if you're going slower, you might notice primarily the experience in the soles of the feet, for example, like that. And then when you come to the end, standing, and then turning around again. So I like to demonstrate that because uh, sometimes people think, really, are you really asking me to walk back and forth like that? But yes, that's actually really what we're asking you to do. <laughs> um, and partly it's because uh, you're so obviously going nowhere, you know? <laughs> That, uh, you know, the, the training is to drop into, like, what's happening right now. So there's not really a goal <clears throat> distance-wise or, you know, number of laps or something like that. Um, but you can notice the tendency of the mind, maybe, or, you know, habit to rush, for example, if there's that. And it's interesting to notice you could actually rush even when you're walking really slowly. You know, some sense of, like, toppling forward into the next moment. So this you know, walking back and forth helps to show the futility of that because when you get to the end, you're just going to turn around and go back again. Right? Uh, but you can notice and feel like, what does it feel like when there's that leaning forward? Which is probably a habitual thing that happens in other aspects of life too, you know, and which is actually uh, at the root of a lot of discomfort, of dissatisfaction. You know, dukkha that's there, it's a habit of how we relate to the present moment, whatever's happening. So you could see if you could whoo, settle back, drop in, right, just be present. so for for many of us, uh, unless you have you know a job that requires you to be physically present in the body all the time, uh, it can be very easy to get in the habit of you know just living in our thoughts very much and completely being disconnected from our physical existence. This is the key to knowing so many different aspects of ourselves too of emotions of uh, how the physical body is, of uh, attending to uh, pain. So it's really a a very rich field there in this training, this very simple exercise to connect with the physical body to know what's going on. As you're walking also probably, you know, you might take a couple steps, then you start to think like, oh, I wonder what's gonna be for lunch? I wonder if it's the same thing every day, you know. On and on, right? So maybe you notice that after another halfway in the path. When have you noticed that? Just like, okay, come back, reconnect with the body, right? Keep going like that. Uh, If it's like something that you're ruminating on that really grabbing you, sometimes you need to stand still. You know, stop in the middle of your walking path and you know re-center and then begin again. It can be helpful to keep the gaze a little bit downwards, um, just so you're not as tempted to look around and you know, wonder about people's t-shirts and plants and things like that, right? So a little bit gaze downwards, hands however that uh, you want to keep them. Uh, and notice also the tendency of the mind to um, come up with other things to do during the walking meditation, because you're not as tethered as you are here. It's not as obvious if you drift, you know, if you're like, splitting. So if you have some tendency to think like, oh, I should go make sure my socks are in order, or, you know, <laughs> I should go and uh, uh, clean my toothbrush better, or, you know, any such thing, try to keep a handle on the, the monkey mind like that. It's like, okay, as Pascal was saying, ah, nice suggestion. Okay, staying here. Right? <laughs> There's a benefit in the continuity, really, in, in retreat practice. So shifting from sitting to the walking to the sitting back again. So you could consider you know, each period between the meals as kind of like one continuous period in different postures. And basically we're alternating the postures, doing nothing in those different postures in some ways, but training our uh, attention uh, and many different qualities of mind are being developed in that, right? So certainly, you know, if you have to go to the bathroom, you can go to the bathroom, but then come back again and then uh, connect with the walking. What if it is boring? That's okay. Still do it. (laughs) It's probably not going to be the kind of intellectual excitement that you might uh, expect as if you were reading a magazine, or it may not initially seem as entertaining as if you were watching a video uh, but actually, there's a lot to, to attend to when we start to pay attention. There's a lot that can be revealed um, that does not at first seem to be there. So, it's somewhat of a discipline. You know, all of this stuff is somewhat of an uh, aspect of discipline that hopefully we can engage with with some sense of um, love and interest as much as possible. And what we're attending to here and connecting with is actually your own life, like your own. Um, Miraculous, amazing, continuing life—you know—and training ourselves to be there in this way, uh, to see what's true about that, you know, to see even the way in which we live so much in our thoughts and illusions, or we'd rather read a story about someone else than actually inhabit our own experience. Right? So, even if it's boring or non-entertaining, <laughs> I'd say uh, continue. Without any ideas of how it's going to be, you know. So try to walk as if you've never even walked before. Yeah. And there's something very powerful also about um, <coughs> developing this sense of uh, embodiment, which is very beneficial for whatever you do, right? So, developing this sense of presence, particularly connected to the physical body, uh, will be very supportive. I'll leave it at that, you know, in whatever your other endeavors are. So. Uh, It's very helpful. It's helpful training. So maybe I'll pause and see if there are any questions about that, how to do the walking meditation practice. Yeah. So then, this part was the instructional part. So then you'll be kind of going to your different the different places and um, doing it on your own. Yeah. And then when the bell rings, coming back again to the sitting meditation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's you know, slightly different um, instructions, techniques sometimes with walking meditation. Um, you know, Here we would say uh, you don't actually have to synchronize the breath with the steps. If it happens naturally, that's fine. Um, that's okay. But you don't need to really strive to do it. So uh, yeah, if you're walking quickly, it'll probably be, uh, you know, you'll take one breath for several steps as opposed to one in each step. It's also unlike the sitting practice where you kind of, you know, have a little meditation spot that you will continue to return to. With the walking practice, it's all fair game each walking meditation period. So uh, you can notice if you have a tendency to want to claim one spot. But, uh, you know, if you want to walk in the same place, indoors or outdoors, that's fine. But also uh, it's okay if you get there and someone else is there. You could notice your reactivity of your mind or something and then, you know... (laughs) come back again but there's many places to go so yeah uh, could you how, like, the that we're to yeah I mean even like this distance you know from this sort of banister to banister which may be like 15 steps or something like that is good so you tend to 15 steps and if you're walking faster then it might be a little longer like 20 steps something like that but if you're walking slower it could be a little shorter um but yeah, not like, the, you know, the whole length of the driveway is, uh, I would say, is too long. partly because, you know, these points of turnaround are really helpful wake-up points if you have spaced out for some, you know, during some part of the path. And really, you know, the training is just to notice when we're present, notice when we're gone, and come back again. So it's not actually uh, failure if you find that you have been thinking about squirrels or whatever, you know. It's just when you notice that, then that's a moment of wakefulness, right? That's a moment of noticing what is actually going on. So even if a thousand times from here to there, you know, the attention will not be with the body, that's totally okay. You know, that's a thousand moments of waking up that have uh, been cultivated. So uh, just very patient, very forgiving, kind, and like try to have fun with it, even to enjoy. You know, it's possible to actually even enjoy the experience of walking in some way that we usually don't because we take it for granted or we're not connected with it. Um, I remember at one point I had had an injury and that had to do, um, be on crutches and operation and then physical therapy and sort of learning how to walk again. You really connect with, the uh, how amazing it is to walk, you know, like it takes a lot of muscles and a lot of balance and, uh, we notice that when little kids start to walk, you know, they're kind of wobbly and then they get going and um, but it's true for all of us. It's like actually quite a intricate feat to walk. So, so pay attention to it. Like see what that what it's actually like. Yeah. yeah Elizabeth. Can you talk about how you feel like the sleepiness? Yeah, sleepiness. So, uh, so in the walking, I would say walk faster <laughs> and uh, walk outdoors is good. Um, in some place that's cooler you know Uh, and hopefully that itself when you're in motion will make it harder to fall asleep per se (laughs) you can though be present um, with whatever's happening even knowing that there's sleepiness and it's a little like sort of knowing that there's a bit of a fog you know knowing there's like a little bit of a haze in the air Uh, so then that's sort of part of what is uh, what the situation is is like okay knowing the steps knowing what it's like to be in the body walking but it's foggy you know it's like in the morning if it's foggy you know it's foggy like that in in sitting it's a a more uh of a tendency to fall asleep so you can do as pascal suggested of opening your eyes um, of standing up is good Uh, even in between you could wash your face if you want for a little like refresher kind of thing But it's possible to make sleepiness, like awareness of sleepiness, also something to investigate and um, something else just interesting that's part of our human uh, condition, you know. Not even human condition, right? Like all the animals also get sleepy and so it's something we share with all the different forms of life. Uh, So it doesn't really have to be a problem, it's just something else to uh, explore. All right, so let's give it a try. And then uh, there will be a a bell rung and we'll come back again uh, to sit at 10.15. And uh, you could consider like each of the sittings, it's sort of like a a boat launching. So it's good to be in place when the boat launches, meaning like to try to be on time for the sitting. And then uh, likewise, you know, it's interesting to just get to sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to sit here and see whatever the mind and body system uh, shows up as during this time. This is actually my discipline and practice to see, like, oh, what's here? Sound, thoughts, body experience, breath. You know, so that's sort of during that launching, you get to be with that. Right? So, um, so we'll uh, do some walking practice, and we'll come back again here for sitting at 10:15. Yeah. Thank you.